All right. Well, good morning. It's a thrill to be with you all here this week. We're looking forward to this. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 50, the last chapter there in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 50. And three years ago, we were here last, and you all were just so gracious uh, back then, and uh, have been since. We left, and shockingly, you all took us on for support, and that was we didn't seek that, uh, but that was very, very kind of you. And so we just want to say thank you so much for your generosity to us. Really has been a great blessing, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, COVID kind of was uh, unusual for us. We uh, actually stepped off the road, and uh, our, our oldest son is special needs, if you remember, Carson. Uh, he'll actually, he'll be eight in just a couple weeks, but he's seven. And, and uh, he was able to get a, a year and a half of this uh, really intensive therapy, and uh, we finished that program in December. And uh, we got back on the road uh, in March, and, uh, and uh, so we're just very thankful to be back in, on the road uh, full-time, and just, the Lord's been good to us, seeing some people saved this summer, and uh, that's, what, uh, that's our emphasis and our heartbeat there. Genesis chapter 50, and I guess also since then, uh, we had another child as well, and so Brooklyn is uh, seven months old as of last week, and so we have four. So we have Carson, Addison, Landon. And Brooklyn, and we're very blessed and just excited to be here this week. Genesis 50 here. Uh, if you remember, in this part of this, oh, by the way, I just want to say, uh, you guys are so kind. You didn't have to do an entire festival just for us last weekend. I mean, that was just, you guys went all out. That's just impressive right there. But my last name's Corn. if you didn't catch that. But anyways, uh, uh, but uh, we're uh, looking forward to the week. And hopefully, if you know any kids or uh, cousins or grandkids, uh, really encourage them to come this week. I really think they'll have a great time. And more importantly than just having a great time, they'll hear the truth every day. We're going to talk about being saved. And even if someone only comes one day, they're going to have an opportunity to hear how to be saved and uh, opportunity to make that decision. And so do what you can to get some kids here this week. Uh, so in Genesis 50 here, you remember uh, Joseph had a, a rough go of it. Uh, his brothers hated him, hated him so much they were going to kill him. And they said, you know, instead of killing him, let's make money off of him. So they sold him as a slave, uh, and he still served the Lord, even through an incredibly difficult time. Because, you know, back in that culture, family was everything. I mean, really, uh, it was your whole world was your family. So if your family rejected you, you literally had nobody uh, except the Lord for Joseph. And he served the Lord. And you remember he was promoted in Potiphar's house. And then they lied about him uh, and accused him of doing something he did the opposite of. And he went to prison for two full years. Uh, but even through that heartache, he still served the Lord, gave it everything he had. And then God promoted him. And at this point in Genesis 50, he's the second most powerful man in Egypt, really second most powerful man in the world in charge of the food situation there because there was a great famine. And he had brought his family to Egypt to take care of them during the famine. And uh, right here, his father has just passed away. And the whole time, apparently, his brothers, his 11 brothers, were thinking, hey, the only reason, uh, maybe 10, I don't know about Benjamin there, but uh, uh, Benjamin was there, but anyways, uh, I don't know if Benjamin was a part of, was this Benjamin a part of Sally? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It was, he, anyway, so uh, that's right. So the older 10 brothers were thinking the only reason why Joseph has been nice to us is because dad is still alive. But now that dad's dead... We're finally going to get uh, revenge. And so let's pick it up here. Genesis 50 and verse number 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. 
And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father to command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. His brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the time to look at your word. Uh, I pray that you would just move in this service, speak to hearts and do the work that you only you can accomplish. Help us to be people who are forgiving people. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to preach you a message this morning I've titled, Dealing with Pain. Dealing with Pain. You know, some pain that we face uh, is, is what I call surface pain. You know, uh, uh, it, it, it kind of bothers you, but it's not that big a deal. And, uh, for example, when I was getting to know my wife, my wife Joy is from Pennsylvania. She's from Central PA. And when I was getting to know her, uh, she had a dog that she grew up with named Fluffy. And uh, Fluffy was a dog that I just couldn't help but make fun of. I, I just really couldn't. Uh, Fluffy was uh, not pretty. Uh, <laughs> she's ugly, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, she, she, she was mean, and she was deaf. And I, I just never met a deaf dog. I, I thought it was fascinating and hilarious. I mean, how do you yell at a deaf dog? I mean, you can, it doesn't do any good, you know? And, and so I asked her, how do you get her attention? They said, well, we go and like flip the light switch. Uh, and so I guess if you're mad, you just flip it really fast. I don't really know, but, uh, but uh, so she had this deaf dog. And, uh, so I used to give her a hard time, but when I, when I would make fun of Fluffy, you know, Joy wouldn't really get mad. It wasn't one of those deep pain, just a surface pain. It wasn't that big a deal. Uh, sadly, Fluffy got hit by a car. Um, I guess she didn't hear it coming. I didn't <laughs> It's really terrible. Uh, no, no, she did not die from that. She died from she was she lived a long and healthy life, uh, as mean as she was. But uh, so anyway, so she had this dog, but it wouldn't really bother her when I gave her a hard time about it because uh, it was just a surface issue. But sometimes the pain that we face is not a surface issue. It really does run very deep. I went on uh, two different mission trips, and on both mission trips, I. I ended up having my shaving razor in my bag and I sliced the same finger on the same razor so deep that it cut to the nerve. I mean, I remember when I did, felt like something bit me. It was, it, it, it was so deep the way that hurt is. And maybe that kind of describes some of the pain that people face. I mean, it goes so deep. And I'm telling you, all of us will face this, these painful situations. Can you imagine that the pain that Joseph went through? The betrayal, the uh, boy just being lied about and being accused of something when he literally did the opposite. And, and boy, just having no, the loneliness that he felt. Yet Joseph still served the Lord and Joseph still treated the people that wronged him with a forgiving heart. Dealing with pain. You know, if we don't handle the pain that we face properly, it really will destroy our lives. So number one, I want to point this out. Number one, people will hurt you. 
Isn't that encouraging today? I'm just glad you hear that. But it's, it's just true. And sometimes we act so surprised. What in the world? I can't believe. No, Jesus says in Luke 17, uh, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. It is going to happen. It is part of this life that we're living. And sometimes the people that hurt us are the ones that we least expected. And boy, if we're not careful, that can really cause us to, to really spiral in the wrong direction. Why well, that church person I trusted, or that family member I trusted, or my spouse, or my parent, whoever it was. Uh, and if we're not careful, we will allow that pain to ruin our lives. And so let's not be too shocked when people hurt you. Maybe the pain that you have is a deep pain. Maybe it's a repeated pain. Maybe it's a pain that happens over and over. Maybe it's someone that you really can't get away from, and it just is a recurring situation. Uh, that's such a difficult thing. I remember just, just recently talked to a, uh, a young lady named Charmé. She said, boy, there, during this uh, situation, I was in education there in Michigan, and I was standing up for my students, and my own boss didn't have my back. And, and just the, the pain that she felt from trying to do a hard thing and doing the right thing, yet the person who should have stood with her, the one that she should have been able to trust to have her back, lets her down. Maybe the pain you have possibly is towards a boss. And I can't believe he treated me that way. After all that I did for him, after all that I did for her, the betrayal that's there. Maybe the, the pain that we experience isn't actually something that happened directly to us. Maybe something that happened to someone close to us. It's pretty difficult when you go through a tough situation, but it's really difficult when someone you close, you're close to does. And, and boy, if we're not careful, we'll take up an offense for them. I can't believe you treated her that way. And, and in fact, we can even be more damaged than even them by our reaction to their pain. Maybe the pain you experience is uh, from something from your childhood. Uh, maybe it's from a parent. Uh, uh, maybe if I were to say someone's name, boy, all these memories would come back. Uh, blood pressure rises and the, the anger is there and, and all the resentment begins to return from those memories. Maybe it's an aunt, or it's an uncle, it's a brother or sister, or maybe it's a friend, your closest friend. Maybe it's an ex. I can't believe they treat me that way. And the pain that was caused from that situation, I'm telling you, people will hurt you. And if you don't handle it the right way, you are the one that can be so damaged from it. Maybe the pain has come from a ministry. Been around enough to know that uh, people have been hurt by churches or maybe even hurt by people in, in leadership in churches or hurt by other church members. And if we're not careful, that will happen in another ministry and then you'll come here to this ministry and you will bring that pain into this ministry and treat everyone with skepticism here and give the pastor a hard time out there because of some pain that's happened in your past. We have to be so careful to handle the pain, to deal with the pain the proper way. Number one, people will hurt you. Number two, there are major problems when you don't forgive. See, the Bible command is to forgive. Even just yesterday, I read something where someone said, you know, you only have to forgive if someone asks you. But if they don't ask you, you don't have to forgive. That's completely unchristlike thinking. I mean, it's completely contrary. In fact, I, I don't want to be unkind, but just by even saying the question reveals to me there's probably some bitterness there. I wouldn't at all be surprised if there's some bitterness there. Right? And they haven't asked me yet, so I don't have to forgive them yet. 
No, when we talk about the Christ-like love that the Bible describes in 1 Corinthians 13, it's unconditional. It's not, okay, if you meet these requirements, then I'll forgive you. If you meet these requirements, then I'll love you. No, that's not the Bible Christianity type of love. Bible Christianity love is I will love you. I will have that tender heart of forgiveness no matter how you treat me. That is not easy But that is what God asks us to do. And so number two, I want to point this out. There are major problems when you don't forgive. I want to give you some Bible uh, reasoning here on, okay, why exactly should I forgive? Well, number one, when you don't forgive, you are playing God. If God commands you to forgive, you say, no, God, I'm not going to forgive. Then we're acting as if we know better than the Lord. Here in Genesis 50, verse 19, Joseph says, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? I think there's, there's two ideas there. One of them, hey, this is the place where God has me. But I think another application of that is, hey, uh, I'm not going to take God's place. God has me in this place, so I'm not going to correct. God, you, you should have had me in another place. No, that, that's playing God. God, you shouldn't have let them do that to me. God, you should not have treated me this way. You should not have allowed this to happen to me. No, when you don't forgive, you are attempting to play God. Would you turn to Job chapter 38? If you know much about the story of Job, you'll know that Job went through some incredible pain. I mean, not just pain, but pain that happened in one day that changed his life forever. I mean, in one day, uh, uh, Job there, a very wealthy, successful businessman, his entire business comes crashing to the ground in one day. Uh, no backup plan, no, no insurance there to, to cover. He, he lost it all in one day. And in that same day, he got news that all of his children were killed. And then shortly after that, the, the physical pain that Job endured as, as he had painful boils all over his body. And then even his wife, understandably, man, uh, just curse God and die. If this is God, then, then why, why would you serve him? The attitude there and all, understandably, but still not the right thing to be said. But Job, through that, Job had a lot of questions. And Job's so-called friends came and a lot of conversation there. And really, chapter after chapter after chapter, God just kind of lets Job talk. And then finally, in Job chapter 38, God erupts into the picture, erupts into the conversation. And listen to what God says. With Job's all these questions, and, and why would God do this? And, and how come this happened to me? And this is too painful for me to bear. And God speaks in Job, 38, uh, Job chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Who's running their mouth and doesn't know what they're talking about? Who's saying a bunch of words that there's no wisdom coming out of their mouth? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. He goes through and continues asking questions. Verse 7, when the morning stars sing together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, and, and, or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth, as if it had issued out of the womb. He asked question after question. He's like, Job, here you are questioning me. Who are you to question me? Where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I did all these miracles? What God is teaching Job here is, Job, I'm, I'm not going to answer all your questions, 
you just need to let me be God. I am God, Job, and you are not. I just want to tell you, when there's a person that refuses to forgive, you're trying to play God. And let me tell you, I'm not trying to be unkind, I'm just trying to tell you, that's a dangerous game to play. Let the Lord be God. When you don't forgive, you are playing God. Number two, when you don't forgive, God must punish you. Well, what you did to, what that person did to me, Brother Dave, you have no idea how wicked it was. And I'm not going to pretend I do. And one thing I want to point out, the Bible never minimizes the evil they did to Joseph. In fact, even in verse number 15, the brothers admit it. Uh, and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. They didn't pretend like it wasn't bad. No, they knew it was evil. In fact, also, Joseph even says the same thing in verse 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. And so what I'm saying here is, uh, just I'm not trying to minimize the sin that may, someone may have done to you. But I will tell you this. When you respond with bitterness, when you respond with unforgiveness... That is a sin as well. Well, their sin's worse than my sin. That's not a smart game to play. We don't play that game. Well, well, they did worse, so I can still do bad. No, we don't want to do any sin, right? We don't want to have anything between our soul and the Savior. And so when we don't forgive, that is a sin that God must punish. And Matthew 18 is the illustration that Jesus gives. And you remember the illustration? Basically, there's the, the rich man, the rich master, and then there's two servants that he has. And these guys are kind of equals. And then they have the master there. And the one servant owes the master an unbelievable debt. I mean, he could work his entire life and never pay it off. And so the master says, okay, it's time to pay up. The guy's like, just give me some time. And he says, you know what? I'm just going to forgive all of the debt. Oh, man, he's so excited. He's so thankful. And then he goes and he finds his fellow servant, his equal. And he says, hey, you owe me some money. It was maybe a day's wage or so. And he's like, you owe me some money. And the guy says, just give me some time. I'll pay you. He says, no. And he has this servant. He has his fellow servant punished. And listen to what Matthew 18, verse 32 says, verse 31. So when his fellow servant Saul was done, they were very sorry. And he came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him. So this is the, the first master who's going to come into the scene again. Said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Notice the guy could have said, what do you mean wicked? He owed me money. He's getting what he deserves. Why do you call him wicked? Because of his heart, because of his unforgiving heart. He says, hey, I forgave you everything. Shouldn't you have shared that forgiveness towards someone else? And then listen to what the Bible says in verse 34. And his Lord, so this is the master, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. That was a legal situation there, but it was also a painful situation to be delivered to the tormentors. And then listen to this very sobering verse that Jesus says in verse 35. So likewise, just like that, just like that scenario, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if ye from your hearts Forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Does it say forgive the people who ask you? 
Forgive the people who are really sorry and repentant? Is that what it says? No. He says, forgive everyone, his brother, their trespass. Did you catch also what it says in verse 35? If ye from your hearts. You know, anybody can forgive from the lips. I forgive you, but don't talk to me. I forgive you, stay away. In fact, my pastor, Pastor Johnny Pope, he preaches a message called Living in the Suburbs of Forgiveness. The story is there from David and his son Absalom, how, how he forgave Absalom but said, stay in the suburbs. Stay, you're not going to come all the way home. Stay in the suburbs. And as he stewed in the suburbs, what happened? Boy, eventually civil war. Civil war happened. And very likely it, it started from some not complete forgiveness. I wonder, is there someone that you're keeping in the suburbs of forgiveness? That I forgive you. You forgive them from the lips, but you haven't forgiven them from the heart. From the heart. That's another matter. From the heart to forgive someone. God says, if you don't forgive someone from the heart, you know what happens to you? Same thing that happened to that guy. What happened to him? Verse 34. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. You know, I believe that's a perfect word to describe someone who's unforgiving. Torment. You see, when you don't forgive... You think, okay, I'm not forgiving them, so I have control over them. No, that unforgiveness is controlling you. You are the one that has damaged more than them. I mean, you even notice you're going throughout your day, and and all of a sudden that person walks near you, and and you see them, and boy, all those memories flood back, and your blood pressure rises, and your heart begins to race, and you're gritting your teeth, and those ulcers are coming back, and look at them, and they're having a good old day. Everything's fine with it, and that makes it even worse. Oh, I can't. What happened? You're tormented. You are tormented. I mean, I'm trying to say this. It is in your best interest to forgive. God's not telling you to forgive because he's trying to make your life miserable. It's actually the opposite. People who are bitter and unforgiving are the people who are really struggling in life. I know that pain is real. It's part of life, but if you refuse to forgive... God must punish you. So likewise, just like that was, guy was punished by his Lord, same thing happens to us. There's a punishment, there's a torment when we don't forgive. Number three, when you don't forgive, God won't answer your prayers. Our prayer life is hindered by our unforgiveness. In Mark chapter 11, verse 25, the Bible says, And when ye stand praying, forgive. God relates prayer to forgiveness more than one occasion. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Doesn't just say forgive if they've asked you. No, if you have aught. What is aught? It's just a thing. If there's a thing between you and someone else, if there's an issue between you and someone else, if you have aught against anyone, whether it's your fault, whether it's their fault, whether it's mostly their fault, it doesn't matter whose fault. If there's something there, God says, if you have aught against any and you think you're going to pray, he, this is what he says. He says, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Why? That's your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Boy, when we don't forgive, we hurt our own prayer life. In Matthew 6, which is the model prayer that Jesus gives, is some very similar language in verse 12 of Matthew 6. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In other words, it is a trespass not to forgive. It is a sin not to forgive. And so if you are going with unforgiveness and you are saying, man, God used to answer my prayers. Why isn't God answering my prayers like he used to? Could it be that there's some unforgiveness in your heart? The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard, that word regard means to look, to behold, to watch. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I know that there's some sin in my life that I am not getting rid of, that I'm, that I'm watching, letting it stay there, God will not hear me. Our unforgiveness hurts our own prayer life. That reason alone, don't you want to forgive? Don't you need God to answer your prayers? Don't you need God to give you wisdom? Don't you need God to work in your family? Aren't you praying for God to work in your church? If you are a person with unforgiveness, you are hurting your own prayer life. Number four, when you don't forgive, many more people will be hurt. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. I think this is a very important verse to realize on this subject. See, a lot of times we think, okay, you know what, Brother Dave? I know you're talking about this, but it's just between me and them. Just between me and them. Doesn't affect you. Doesn't affect my friends. Doesn't affect the church. Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse 15. The Bible says, looking diligently. In other words, hey, hey, pay attention. Watch out. There's, there's a big caution here. What are we supposed to watch out for? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Uh, notice the grace of God is not failing here. It's man that does the failing. But he says, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. See, when you refuse to forgive someone, that, there, there's a little seed of bitterness that's in your heart. And the Bible says, when you have that root of bitterness, it springs up, it troubles you. Man, another good word to describe someone who's unforgiving. You're troubled. Man, you're just, you, you, your joy is, is sucked out of your body and, and, and your, your love for the Lord and Christianity is even tainted and just your, your whole view of life. You're, you're troubled. God says, watch out, because if you're not careful, there'll be some bitterness in your heart, and it will start growing. It doesn't stay small, it grows, it springs up, and it troubles you. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says, verse 15, springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Hey, it's just between me and them, preacher. Don't worry about it. No, no, it's not. You cannot compartmentalize your bitterness. Okay, I'm only bitter towards them. No, no. no. The Bible says it, it. many people are defiled. It's like a poison that spreads to the other relationships in your life. Maybe your father treated you a certain way and you find yourself treating your child the same way. You think, man, what am I doing? I hate it when dad did that to me. What's Could it be that there's some bitterness that's still there and it's defiling other people? Oh, my, my ex treated me this way, and here I am taking this out on these other. When there's bitterness in your heart, it doesn't just stay in one compartment. It defiles the other relationships you have. I'm trying to tell you, it's in your best interest to forgive, because when you don't forgive, many more people will be hurt. 
The last thing I want to point out about this, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, the Apostle Paul here is being very transparent about himself. I don't know what the issue is. I don't think the Word of God tells us. But some people really hurt the Apostle Paul. And he, he in this case, needed to forgive some other people. And, and, and uh, he was talking about here how he was able to do that. Let's take a look at the insight here in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse number 10. He says, to whom ye forgive anything? Sorry, I'm going a little quick, aren't I? I apologize. I'm excited about the topic today, right? Uh, which sounds weird. I'm excited because I want to be a help. That's why I'm excited. I really want to help. Second Corinthians 2, verse 10, Paul says, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgave also. In other words, hey, if you thought you had to forgive, man, I really was struggling. I really had to forgive someone. It was necessary for me to do that. He says, For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it, in the person of Christ. That is a huge statement. He says, you know what? If you guys thought you had to forgive, man, I, it was so important that I forgave. And he says, the way I was able to do it was not in me. Notice, this is the Apostle Paul. He didn't appeal to his apostolic authority. Because I was an apostle, I was able to forgive. Uh, because I've written so many books of the Bible, I was able... No, no. He says, it wasn't me. I was not able to forgive in and of myself... I forgave it, I forgave them in the person of Christ. You say, Brother Dave, I've been trying to forgive, I can't. You're right. You can't. But you can in the person of Christ. Paul says it was through his strength. He's the one that gave me the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering. He did that through me. He's the one who gave me the power and the strength to forgive this person that I did not have in of myself. If you don't have the ability in and of yourself, what that means is you need to learn to lean upon Jesus and get him to help you to do that. But Paul tells us, if I would not have done that, the very next word says lest, in verse 11, the first word says lest. He says, if if I would not have done that, this is what would have happened. If I would not have forgiven them through God's help, here's what would have happened. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Satan is a real enemy. He's not just a force. He's he's a real enemy. And Satan has many devices. One of the devices Satan uses is discontentment. If he can get you discontent in your marriage, discontent in your job, discontent in your financial ability, he, he can use that device to mess up your life. He has a lot of devices, I think, top three, if not the top device, in my opinion, that Satan uses, his bitterness. Man, if, if he can get you bitter, if he can do that, then he can cause damage. Listen to what he, Paul says. He says, if I, if the Apostle Paul, if I was not able to forgive, here's what would have happened. Satan would have got an advantage of us. That word advantage means to put someone or something superior in your life. When you refuse to forgive, what you are doing is you are opening the door for direct satanic attack and victory. You are giving Satan an area of your heart. You are giving him victory. Paul says, if I would not have forgiven, Satan would have had an advantage of me. I would have put him superior in a part of my life. Is that what you want? Do you want Satan to have some authority in your life? Do you want him to have some control over your life? I'm telling you, when you have bitterness in your heart, 
That's what happens. It is a satanic thing that he can, he can damage so many people through bitterness. What's your point? My point is this. It's in your best interest to forgive. That's what you need to do. Forgive. Forgive. Whether they deserve it or not doesn't matter. Whether they are 99% at fault and you're 1%. The point is this. You need to forgive. You are the one that will benefit the most from it. And you'll bring glory to God. So, okay, Brother Dave, well, how do I do that? I understand that, but I struggle. I mean, I've tried. How do I do that? Let me give you some steps here that I believe are helpful. Number one, so number three, my point is the plan to help forgive. So here's the plan. Number one, decide to forgive. Ignoring the situation is not the same thing as forgiving. Uh, A husband and wife will have a fight. I know that would never happen to you, but theoretically, they would have a fight, and then, you know, uh, Things are said, tempers flare, he goes into his room, slams the door, she goes into this room, slams the door. Three hours later, they walk out as if nothing ever happened. That's not forgiveness. That's not the Bible way to deal with it. Jesus Christ did not ignore your sins on the cross. He didn't pretend like it never happened. No, he decided to forgive. I believe in Genesis 50, when the brothers come to him, like Joseph, uh, you know, they, they send the servants, hey, servants, Go tell Joseph that dad said to forgive. You know, whenever the kid, dad said you better stop. Mom said you better stop. So that's the the, the strategy the brothers had. So the servants walk in. Hey, your father commanded you to forgive your brothers. The brothers walk in. Joseph, forgive us. We'll be your servants. Just don't kill us, please. Joseph's reaction. He weeps. He starts weeping. I don't know all that was going through his head, but I, I think one of the reasons he wept, guys, you thought I'd been bitter this whole time? You thought I'd been just been waiting to exact revenge? Guys, I forgave you a long time ago. We don't know when, but at some point in the past, Joseph had made this decision. He'd made a choice. I'm going to forgive my brothers. It wasn't a show. It wasn't a pretend. It wasn't a plot to make them pay. No, he had truly made the decision to forgive. I wonder today, is there someone that needs to make a decision to forgive? I think it's good to say it out loud to the Lord. Lord, I'm deciding today to forgive my dad. Lord, I am deciding today. Lord, I'm making a decision today to forgive my ex. Whatever the situation is, make that decision. No, I I might forgive. No, make the decision today. Decide to forgive. Number two, dedicate the situation to God. See, maybe the, the, the pain there is not towards an individual. Maybe the bitterness is actually towards the Lord. Lord, why did you allow this? How come you didn't prevent this? Lord, why did you allow this sickness to come? Lord, why did you allow this hurt to come? And I don't know the answers to all that. I do know that this is not heaven yet. Uh, sometimes we think that this is heaven, and, and it's not. Uh, in fact, the Bible says, think it not strange when fiery trials come. It's not a fun thought process, but the point is this. There will be a day where there's no pain. There will be a day when no one will ever wrong you, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And so... What we need to do is just dedicate it to the Lord. That's what Joseph did. Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Hey, I'm not God. I'm not in God's place. And this is the place where God wants me to be. And so he says, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. How could Joseph say that? 
had given it to the Lord. He had dedicated his ridiculous pain to God. Is there someone this morning that at the invitation you need to come and say, Lord, I need to give this to you. I've been trying to carry this. I've been trying to carry this weight. I've been carrying this hurt. I've been carrying this burden. And Lord, I just want to give this to you, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Number three, do good to them. Notice Joseph, again, he didn't say, all right, guys, I forgive you. Stay in Goshen. Stay, no. He says this in verse 20. He says, now therefore fear ye not. Calm down, guys. He says it twice. Why? They were really afraid. They thought they were going to die. Hey, calm calm down, guys. Fear ye not. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Do good to them. You know, the Bible teaches us this idea of replacement. This idea of replacement, Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put it all away from you and then replace it with what? And be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted, not hard-hearted, not unforgiving, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Replace that bitterness with tender-hearted kindness. Maybe you should practically do it, buy them a gift or do a good deed to them. Do something that you can in your heart that helps your heart to do something tangible to help your heart to forgive them. Finally, number four, dwell on the cross. Dwell on the cross. How do I forgive? Dwell on the cross. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven. No, I, I, I missed a phrase there. If any man have ought against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You see, Jesus Christ was the one who did not deserve the way they treated him. They did not deserve to be spit upon. He did not deserve to be whipped with that cat of nine tails. He did not deserve for them to rip out his beard, to hit the crown of thorns in his head. He did not deserve to be crucified on the cross, literally tortured. And what were his first words on the cross? Father, destroy these wicked people. That would have been a righteous statement, but that's not his heart. His first words on the cross were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let me ask you a question. Will you go the rest of your life with that bitterness? It doesn't just go away. Will you go the rest of your life with that bitterness? Or will you come today and say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you? And maybe, maybe what you need to do is ask God for help. Just like Paul said, it wasn't in me. It was the person of Christ. God, help me forgive. I know a preacher who, uh, 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 an assistant pastor had split his church in half. Fifty families left the church in one day, and, and he was so bitter. But you know what he said? He said, every day I prayed, Lord, help me forgive. Lord, help me forgive. He said, for me, the bitterness didn't go away immediately. But every day I'd pray and ask for help. It got a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter. Maybe some of you need to forgive in the person. Lord, would you help me forgive her? 
Would you help me forgive him? God, would you help me? And you will find that as you lean upon him through the person of Christ, he can help you forgive. If this message doesn't make sense to you today, perhaps it is because you've never been forgiven. If you've never had Jesus Christ save you, forgive you from all of your sins, then this wouldn't make sense. But if you've never been forgiven, do you realize that today Jesus is longing to forgive you? Jesus actually enjoys forgiveness. But he will not forgive you. He will not force it upon you. You have to be the one to come to him and say, Lord, I I need your forgiveness. I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. And I want Jesus to save me from my sin. If you've never been saved, what a wonderful day for you to be fully forgiven. And then God can help you to learn how to in turn forgive others. Let's stand to our feet this morning with our eyes closed as the musicians make the way for the invitation today. I wonder this morning, is there someone here that would say, with your eyes closed, you would say, Brother Dave, you preached this morning about forgiveness. And as you did, God spoke to my heart. God spoke to my heart about something, and I I want to pray about it. I want to ask God to help me with this situation of this pain that I have experienced, and I need God to help me with this forgiveness. If that's you this morning with your eyes closed, would you raise your hand? And God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I encourage you this morning. If God's spoken to your heart about forgiveness, would you decide today? to forgive, but I don't want to carry this weight the rest of my life. I want to choose today to forgive. As the piano begins to play, maybe you need to slip out of your seat. Would you come kneel at the front and make that decision? Brother Dave, today I need to, I, I want to forgive. I don't want the relationships in my life to be defiled. Lord, I, I, I'm choosing to forgive. I'm telling you, You will never regret that decision. You will never regret it. It's not worth it. Carrying that weight, carrying that pain. You know, hurt people hurt people, and that's what happens. So maybe today someone needs to come and say, Lord, I want to give this to you. I I, I want to forgive. Maybe maybe it's not forgiveness, but maybe it's just a hurt, and and you've been trying to carry it on your own, and maybe it's to do what Joseph says, and Lord, I... People meant this for evil, but Lord, you meant it to good. So God, I'm going to dedicate this situation to you. God, I'm going to give this to you. You'll find that if you give it to him, man, he he will help take the burden. God spoke in your heart. I encourage you to come pray about it. One more question here. Is there someone today that would say, Brother Dave, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I'm forgiven. I want to know that. I can be saved, that I can have that full forgiveness that comes from Jesus Christ. If that's you this morning with your eyes closed, would you raise your hand? Brother Dave, I don't know that I'm saved. Friend, if that's you, you can slip out of your seat. You can walk down here to the front. We'll take you over to the side and show you how you can have all of your sins forgiven.